Welcome to the City Reach Baptist Podcast. If you would like more information about the life of our church, please go to our website at cityreach.com.au or like us on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. Once upon a time, there was a king. He gave a handsome price for someone who paint the best picture for peace. Then his delegate went out. All the artists participated and they chose two. The first one was a beautiful picture of a lake. It's like a mirror. You have mountains surrounding it and blue sky and fluffy white clouds. And when people saw this, they said, wow, what a beautiful picture of peace. The second photo, yes, they have um, mountains as well, but the mountains was bare and rugged. There are waters, but it was a, mon- a mountain with waterfalls that crushing onto the river, foaming. And the sky was angry, and there are lightning and raining. But when the king looked deeper into the picture, they saw a mother nest, a mother bird, making its nest in the crack of the rock. Under the protection of the rock, the mother bird sat there in perfect peace. Now, I'm going to ask you, which picture did the king pick? The first one or the second one? He picked the second one. The king explained, he said, peace is not without war, without problems, without suffering, or even without hard work. Peace is in spite of all that. We find protection and we live in peace. Today, many people are looking for peace. And indeed, in this planet, we we want peace. There's no peace between nations. There's no peace in relationship and even in families. People try many things. People try to make more money. They want to buy more toys. They want to have bigger houses, better relationship. But once they got it, they said, is that all that it is? In God's Word today, we can find in Ephesians 2, what is true peace in Christ and peace with ourselves. I entitled today's message as true peace. No God... No peace. No, God. No peace. Should we repeat it together? True peace. peace. And say to the person next to you, No, God. No peace. No, God. No peace. So this is our title. Let's read the passage and find out what's God's word for us for today. The Bible tells us that um, we were actually dead. The reason why we have no peace is because we're children of disobedience. Now, when you say about disobedience, immediately we think of a relationship being broken. For example, it's a disobedient child. There's a hostility and no peace between parents and a child. It's a disobedient husband. There's no peace in the family. But when we say this verse, it talks about we do not obey God. 
God has given us rules to follow, but we do not obey God. In the Garden of Eden, for example, God has implicitly given them the rule, just one rule, not to eat in that tree, but they disobey. What happened in the next slide is that we live under our passion. We want to do whatever we want. So what, God? I want to do whatever I want. And then what happened is we become the children of wrath. All of us know that God will judge us one day. God will judge because He's a holy God and we are utterly sinful. So in our heart, in not only us, but in every civilization, from Europeans, from the Americans, to the Indians, to the Chinese, we know that there is judgment after death. So in our heart, there's a war and there's no peace. So no God, no peace. So what's the solution? Let's be to God. In verse 4, it starts with one word, but God has turned things around from no peace, now we can have great peace in God. But before we look into this solution, I'm going to give you a test. Oops, sorry, too fast. Yes, now on the left-hand side, who's the first person? My Cyrus. The second, the basketballer should know. LeBron James. The one in the middle, all the girls should know. Justin Bieber, the fourth one. Lady Gaga, and the fifth one, everyone should know. Pope, Pope Francis. Now, I'm going to ask you a more difficult question. What is one thing in common that they all have, especially in this photo? They're all wearing the cross. Now, not all of them know... Um, are Christians. It's the same as everyone that comes in doesn't make you a Christian. Know of God doesn't make you know God. There's a huge difference. Knowing God is knowing His power, His saving grace, and what He has done for me. The author of this book, do you know who wrote this book, Book of Ephesians? Paul, Paul wrote this book. And where did he wrote this book? He wrote it in prison. prison. It's one of the prison letters. A person in prison, you would think that he would complain to God, won't you? But he did not. In the first chapter, we saw that he prayed for the people and understand the great love of God. And even in the verses following this, he said the riches of God is expressed to us because of His great love for us. And you know what love is. He's in prison. We are here. And we complain. Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Are you sure you want to complain after you read Paul's letter? I was driving down the road the other day. When I meditate on these words, I almost cried. Why do we complain? We're living in the most affluent country in the world and we complain. Are we kidding ourselves? We know God. We can have peace with God. Let's go to the next slide. 
the Bible tells us, because of this grace, the coming of age will know the immeasurable riches that God has given us. So the barrier, the hostility that we have with God, the judgment that God has given us is all broken. And it's all by grace. Grace means it's something don't, we don't deserve. But God has given freely to us. And we receive it through faith today. A lot of times when we have been to church for a long time, we have forgotten what grace is all about. In a movie that I'm going to show you, and mother's just aware that uh, it, it is the movie, I think it's PG. <laughs> it's a movie called Star Trek. How many of you have seen a movie, a Star Trek movie before? Now, Star Trek actually has originated in 1966. It's one of the longest-running sci-fi uh, movie franchise that we know. And people who watch uh, Star Trek have uh, called themselves the Trekkies. <laughs> and they have conventions, and they have made millions of dollars, and become a cult phenomenon in the world for many years. Now, in this movie, let's go back to the Bible. <laughs> in this movie... Captain Kirk and his first officer, Spock, is fighting a genetic engineer human, one of the strongest enemies they ever faced. And the Enterprise is actually free-falling into the earth, and they're all going to die. The only way to save them is Captain Kirk have to go inside a radioactive what core and manual realign it so that he can save the boat and all the people. Now, Spock did not aware of what had happened, and he is quite surprised. They're free falling, all of a sudden they find energy and can be lifted up again. But then he heard a message from, Scott, uh, from, Mon from Scotty, and he said, You better come down. So, we're going to show that video clip. I'll just ask them to play it. Thanks. Open it. The decontamination process is not complete. You'd flood the whole compartment. The door's locked, sir. Not to feel. 
I do not know. Right now, I am failing. I want you to know why I couldn't let you die. Why I went back for you. Because you are my friend. This is what Jesus has done for us. Jesus knows that mankind is free-falling. Cannot, we cannot save ourselves. We are die in sin. And we'll be living in hell. The only way that God can save us is He humbly became a man. Not grabbing hold of what He is as a God, but to humble himself as a servant and obedience unto death to save us. This is the gospel. This is the power of God. This is love in action. Captain Kirk died for his crew because he said, you are my friend. God is saying today that I love you and you are my friend. I want to have relationship with you. Spock, sometimes we are like that. We are very logical. We've been to churches for a long time. I know that I've learned it in children's church before. I know Jesus died for me. But when you see what God has done for us in action like this, the logical Spock, a Vulcan who controls his own emotion, comes out. He starts crying. And he can feel, you can feel the music building up. And he said, what's the last word he yelled out? He yelled out, Khan, this enemy of, of theirs, they kill Captain Kirk. Today, our sin has killed the Savior on the cross. It is a gift. Without God's dying on the cross for us, we cannot save ourselves. Salvation is nothing to do what we do. 
It's not to do with what we have done, but what Christ has done and receive it as a gift. And this gift is the eternal life with God and also with peace with God. The barrier which has separated us, the hostility that separates us from us, from God, is broken once and for all. And we have peace. Not only that, the Bible actually tells us more about what this peace is. It tells us that we have a new hope. Everyone say new hope. New hope. Now, there's a little bit of history in this passage. The Jewish people or the Israelites are God's chosen people. They're descendants of Abraham and God's promise is on them. They'll prosper, the Savior will come and they'll reign with God forever. And for Gentiles, there's no, not such hope. But when Jesus died for us, His salvation is not just for the Jews, but for everyone. So that the broken of human being, the no hope that we have is fixed. We have a hope. Paul, in his letter, he said, to live is Christ, to die is to gain. It means that he's tossing between, should I die? I'll be with Christ. I will be so happy to see my Savior. But he said, I may stay here so I can help other people. Now, how many of you have been to Singapore Chingy Airport before? Now, it's voted the best airport in the world for the last 10 years. And my wife is from Singapore. So every time we were there, we love it. You have restaurants, you have massage, you have uh, computer games. It's a great place. But when we're in the airport, we long to go home. In this place, in this earth, it's like the best airport that we have. We have great toys, we have great friends and family, but our heart is longing to come home. How many of you are not born, were not born in Australia? Now, even though when we visit friends at home, when we come back, we feel this is home. Do you have this feeling? Adelaide is so peaceful. It is my home. I can see my family. It reminded me of a song I call Australia Home. How many of you know this song? Should we sing it together? <laughs> <laughs> I've been to cities that never close down From New York to Rio and old London town But no matter how high or how wide I roam I still call Australia home hey. Our true hope is in Christ We don't need to think about this life too much. I know that there are people here who may be sick or know people they're sick. No great deal. We're going to see the Lord soon. And students that are here, they have exams. The worst thing that will be done to you is your parents kill you. <laughs> There's no problem. We go and see Jesus. 
Now, not only do we have true uh, peace with new hope, but also we have a new identity. A new identity. Now, when this is broken, God has actually made a new humanity. The Bible tells us there's no Jews or Gentiles anymore. Actually, the Bible actually goes further. And he said there's no men and women, no slave or free men, no difference in nationality anymore. We all become one. Now, some of you are into football. How many of you cheer for the crows? And how many cheers for the power? Yeah, that's... <laughs> now, when they have the showdown, they're mean enemies to each other. They said, oh, I'm going to look at you. But things can change when we form a new team and play against the Vicks. Become all buddies. Oh, come on, give me a hug. Is this the same way? Because of Jesus have done for us, we become all new humanity and we play as a team. In fact, the Bible goes even further and said that we become a new structure of the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the body of Christ. Star Trek, again, has been so attractive for generations. Why? Experts said that because they're the forerunners of putting multiculturalism into the movie. Now remember, it's in the 1960s, where most television shows are on white people. But in the crew of the Enterprise, they have the Russians, and we have the Russians here. And uh, they have the Japanese, we have the Japanese here. And they have black women, we have black women here, and they all form a team to have a mission together. The heart of God today is that we can all form, breaking all barriers to form one body, Amen. that we can Amen. go out and serve. The Bible is telling us that we become a supernatural community that show, is a showpiece to the world. That we can be united in spite of our history, in spite of our anniversary, in spite of everything different. That people think it's impossible that we can unite, we can show to the world. I'm visiting some of the real life group at the moment. I'm really blessed to see real life group. It's like going to um, United Nations. They all join together, Filipinos, um, Africans, um, we have uh, the Greek, we have Russians, all come together and serve God together. God has used all of us to show the astonishing, exceedingly great things that people can't see in the world. We're showing off to the world. We're showing the world the invisible God that make visible in their eyes. So we have a new identity. The third thing before I show you, I'm going to show you another video clip of the Star Trek. So let's play the last one. Our first instinct is to seek revenge when those we love are taken from us. But that's not who we are. We are here today to rechristen the USS Enterprise, 
and to honor those who lost their lives nearly one year ago. When Christopher Pike first gave me his ship, he had me recite the captain's oath. Words I didn't appreciate at the time. Now I see them as a call for us to remember who we once were and who we must be again. And those words, space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Her five-year mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Brothers and sisters, we are like the USS Enterprise. We have a mission to do. God saved us not so that we can come in together and enjoy each other's company. God wants us to be gathered to form a force on this earth and an outpost to reach out to the world for Him. The biggest difference between Christianity and other religion is just two words. Other religion is do, D-O. We have to do this, we have to do this, we have to do this, we have to attend church, we have to do all this thing so we can be saved. But Christianity is different. The word is done, D-O-N-E. Christ has really done the salvation work. So a lot of people think, what's the difference? There's a cause and effect difference. Most people have to do good work so they achieve salvation. For us, it's the other way around. We have the salvation, and we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Christianity as a spectator sport is exceedingly boring. If you sit there and just wait and then do the speaker speak and do me speak, it's boring. But if you go out and do something for God, your life is going to change. And that's why Joy to the City and Carol's Life is such a great thing. And we praise God for Leanne's work and Lou's work because we can all go out together not to just learn but to act out. The Word became flesh in us. Even the exciting, the Word became flesh in us. We can go out and reach out together. Friends and members of this church, we do have a mission. Not to explore the space, but our mission is that we exist to bring glory to God and joy to the city by planting churches that make disciples, that live out the new identity through community on mission. That's the reason why we do what we are doing with the Bible reading. We are making disciples. And outside, you can pick up these uh, bracelets, you can pick out the booklet, you can pick out the bookmark we have made for you, so you can put in your Bible and remind ourselves we have to do hit. We need to train ourselves to be making disciples and ourselves being disciples so we can reach the world. We have reassurance when we read the Word of God. The Word of God tells us, and I've learned it from the Bible verse that Jim's Real Life Group have put together, it says, so you will know what is the exceeding greatness of His power for those who 
believe that according to the mighty power of God, that's mighty power that lives in us. Not only God's power is in us, and we are like spark. Once we know God's love, the inner energy that we have, we need to draw that out and do everything we can. For Him, it's almost impossible because Khan is such a great enemy. But with God's help and His energy, we can do it together. Now, we're going to respond and I'm going to pray. But before we do that, I'm going to tell you the last story. There was a beautiful Christian man. He's very rich. And he tried his best to share the gospel to all of his friends. But some still do not believe. But he then heard bad news. The doctor told him, you have only one month to live. You have terminal cancer. And he had inspiration from God. So he invited all his friends to resolve. And he talked to his friends and said, friends, good news for you is all expenses pay. You're here to live for a month. And all of them cheer. Oh, wow, wonderful. But he said, the bad news is, I'm going to die within this month. But I'm going to let you to see how a Christian die. What joy that we have. What hope that we have. And all of them become Christians. Now, we don't, today we don't need to die so that people can see God. We can live our life so exceedingly joyful that people can see that we're Christians. Shall we all stand? I'll pray and uh, welcome uh, and the worship team can come forward. With a head bow, let's pray. And for people who do not have not find peace in God yet, do not know God, do not know the hope, that do not know um, our new identity or our mission, let's respond by praying with me. Father, we just want to pray. We just want to thank you because once we were dead, but we are alive today because of you. Help me to live with this joy and gratitude each day and live our life to our fullness with hope, with our new identity and with a mission in mind to serve you for the rest of my life. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. If this is you, we want to pray for you. Come forward. There are people in front that want to pray with you. And uh, we're going to respond together with this beautiful song.